Daniel the 11th chapter, the 32nd verse. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And I want to share with you tonight this one word, exploits. Exploits. I believe New Life Fellowship is is at the time for exploits. I believe that as a church body, the way God has been leading this church, I believe that the time is not coming, but I believe the time is right now for exploits. For exploits. Can we ask God to give us personal revelation of his word? Father, what a privilege to be in your presence, to be gathered with these wonderful people and this many of them on a Sunday evening. And I am just believing that your anointing is, is going to do a work in a way that, that we will gain personal revelation. I'm believing it. I speak that in faith. Let it be done. And can the church say in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, let me just say right up front that I am aware that I have taken this word from a, a prophecy in the book of Daniel that is to come. But what I know about this verse is this is a principle that has been since the beginning of time, and it's a principle that we are seeing in our day today. Whenever I refer to the Bible as the book of all books, the word of all words, I, I mean that. I've often said that a day without prayer and the Word is a wasted day. Doesn't matter if you make $5 million, it was a wasted day. That's just how powerful it is. The Word of God is so powerful that we ignore it to our peril. We digest it for our power and provision. And we can literally take the Word of God and, and between its covers rest both the answers to life and the answers for life. There are personal examples of the actions of many and what's so powerful about the Word of God, many things, but it shows the good and the bad. It's all there. It shows the good, the evil, the brave, the cowardly, it's the Word of God that, that in His Word, He provides us insight, warning, and admonition. It's all there. When we're thinking about the topic of exploits, if you would look in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 through 39, we're not going to read all of those verses. But these verses list a, a, uh, the names and the actions of a group of elite men that were referred to as David's mighty men. It's amazing the exploits that they accomplished. When you, when you really look at it, I'm, I'm not going to read every one of them. I'm not going to pronounce any of their names. Um, there's just no sense in that kind of foolishness. But when you look at it and you see what these men did, one of them was a chief. He was a chief among the captains, and that man by himself killed 800 men with a spear. He didn't kill 800 babies. He He killed 800 warriors, and all he had was a spear. You could fill this church up and add a few. If every seat in this auditorium was filled, plus a few, then you would know how many people he killed at one time. There were three of these men who joined with David. They 
they defied the Philistines when the men of Israel were away. And David and these men, just these few men, they, they did such an exploit that one of them, by the time it was over, he could not even separate his hand from his sword. There was one of these men that stood alone and he defended a piece of ground. And he literally defended that piece of ground of lentils against a troop. Three of these men overheard how David longed for a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. They were not told, now, David, you know, I want a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, so you, you, and you, you go get it for me. No, it wasn't that at all. They just heard that their leader desired that. And they literally risked their lives. They broke through the ranks of the Philistines and and they brought that water to David. Another one of these men killed 300 with a spear. You say, well, big deal. The other one did 800. Well, try to kill 300. 300 with, with a spear. One was considered a lion killer because he killed two lion-like men of Moab. And then this man went down in a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. One of them had a, a staff. He didn't even have a spear, and he was fighting another man that had a spear. All he had was a staff, and he took the man's spear away from him with his staff and then killed him with his own spear. When we're talking about exploits, when we're talking about about men who uh, did not stay casual. They did not stay comfortable. They didn't do autopilot. These were men that, that understood the level of exploits, and they answered that call. Now, to understand the background of some of these men, we turn to 1 Samuel 22, 1 and 2. We, we go back a little bit in Scripture. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. That was when he was running from Saul. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard of it, they went down thither to him. Get this. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontent, they gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Now take note of these men. I refer to these men as D-listers, not A-listers. These, these were not men on the A-list. These were men on the D-list. They were D-listers. They were men in distress. They were men in debt. They were men who were discontent. But from that list of, of D-listers came courageous, brave, heroic, and, and mighty men. In studying this, I cannot prove that Every one of those men came from the D list. So I'm not, I'm not trying to just skip over the fact that, that David was alone, and then it speaks of him with a few, then it speaks of him with these 400 men, and then there were 600 men, and then there was the listing of whatever these men did, this, this mighty list of these warriors. I can't say that every one of the ones listed came from the D list, but I can say that there had to have been some of them who did. I don't know what drove these men. I don't, I don't know if, if, you know, they wanted to just be a big deal or they just wanted to survive. I have no idea. I can't find that in Scripture, but I can find a couple of things in Scripture that they had in common they move past their personal challenges. They, they move past 
their challenges. They didn't camp down. I'm in debt. I can't do anything. I'm discontented. I can't do anything. I'm in distress. I can't do anything. They moved past all of that. And then another thing they did, they put their life in jeopardy for something beyond them. So you have a group of men that went on and, and did exploits, but they first had to move past what was against them and make a move while it was still against them. They didn't wait until everything was wonderful and everything was great. Well, now let's, let's join David. No, they, they did that, and then they also put their desires behind. They, they put, you know, what they were thinking for their life, and they said, there is a cause greater than what I've been living for. I say tonight that it's a mistake to count ourselves out because of our present or past mistakes or challenges. I say that where we are right now at New Life is we are uh, opening the door and we're welcoming all D-listers. All D-listers are welcome. Well, I wasn't raised in it. Well, I don't have, you know, I can't do anything on the platform. I, I won't be in the pulpit. I'm not an A-lister. I, I wasn't raised. I don't have this. My grandpa, nope, my grandpa's not here. Nope, my dad's not here. I'm just, so what? This is not a church just for A-listers. The cause of Christ is not a call just for A-listers. I'm speaking to people right now. You're in debt. Okay, next. I'm speaking to people right now that you're in distress. Okay, next. I'm speaking to some people right now that are discontent. And if they didn't let that hold them back from doing exploits, then why in the world are we going to allow any of that to hold us back from being mightily used by God? We got to get this in our heart. We got to get this in our mind, in our spirit. We're talking about men who followed David, and David was an H-lister. He was number eight. They lined up everybody ahead of him. His dad, his dad wasn't even giving him an honorable mention. If it was not for, the, for Samuel being in tune with the Spirit of God, they'd anointed someone else. I'm talking to somebody right now that, that you enjoy coming and you enjoy what you feel, but somehow something's just in your head. And the enemy is just beating your head in with all of the reasons. A, A will get it first. B will get it. C will get it. D will get it. E, F, G. Just do the alphabet. But don't go less than Z. And I'll tell you right now, the way the Spirit of God is moving and what God is obviously saying to this church body, I'll just say Z-listers are welcome. You may think you're the least of the least of the least. Okay, we'll wait. We'll wait. We've got time. We'll wait for you to list all the reasons why, Gideon. We'll wait for you to list all the reasons why, Moses. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. We're, we're patient because here's what we know. Nobody was created accidentally. What we know is, is if there's life, there's purpose, there's power, there is an opportunity. You're not a zero. No, you're not. You're not. You may be thinking like one, but I pray to God tonight that there will be a change and you will hear the word of God and you will say, exploits, exploits. The Scripture is full of proof of, of how God powerfully used imperfect people. 
when they consistently trusted in him to lead them, forgive them, and restore them. Just a few highlights in Scripture. Don't forget that Noah got drunk. Don't forget that Moses had a temper. Don't forget that Aaron, the right-hand man to Moses, he was a part of the riverbed expedition. He saw every bit of this, but he also, in the absence of Moses, made some very ridiculous decisions. Jacob was a liar. The sons of Jacob, the fathers of the tribes of Israel, the great-grandsons of Abraham. But they're so special why are they gagging their little brother and, and sending him out like Pastor mentioned this morning? Joshua was a great warrior and leader, and, and he was one who led the great victory at Jericho, and then it must have gone to his head. I, why in the world? He just thought, okay, well, AI's no big deal. I'll handle this on my own. And many people lost their lives. David is the topic tonight. He's the man after God's own heart, it says that. He's the king's king. He's the songwriter, giant slayer. But don't forget, he's also the adulterer. Jonah ran from God, and Elijah was burned out and wanted to die. Peter denied King Jesus at the time he needed him most. Paul, or Saul at that time, was a murderer. And so I don't, I don't know what you are holding on to, to where you are continuing to convince yourself. We know there are some mighty things that God has for this church. We know that. There's been prophecies. There's been words. The man prophesies every time he walks into the pulpit a, a word from God. Other men that stand in this pulpit, there's all kinds of prophecies. And I don't know what is inside some people's heads thinking, yeah, that's for Tim. Go, Tim, go. Yeah, that's for John. Go, John. Yeah, Zach. I'm, no, this is not just for a group of who we think. This is for anybody who will look up and say, it's not about me. It's not under my power. This thing's not about me. This is not about what I can do. This is about what he can do through me. Through me. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 11 gives a lot of hope for 2023. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters. This is quite a list to stay off of. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers in themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor... Study this. None of them shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then it gets, it's real bad, and then verse 11 gets real good. And such were some of you. Were. Key word, were. And this is now in the rearview mirror of your life. Well, how did it get back there? Because you're washed and you're sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Anybody tonight can be washed and sanctified and justified. Anybody. It's wide open. And don't miss this. Don't miss the revelation of this. How is that done? How are we washed and sanctified and justified? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So don't miss the new birth message right there of water and spirit. Don't fly over that. I'm not talking about the new birth message, but let's not miss that. How can it happen? You get washed you get washed in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you've been washed in water in the name of Jesus Christ and you're needing some help right now, good. Get washed in the Word. 
Let the Word wash you. Let the Word get into your spirit, and then let all that other just move away. So what about us? Well, the last part of Daniel eleven thirty two, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I believe it's time to think strength and exploits. It's time. Why not? Now, seriously, why not? You give me a good reason why we should not be thinking right now, today, strength and exploits. Strength speaks beyond weakness. Exploits speak beyond normal. And we need to face it. Weakness and normal won't cut it. It won't cut it. I know we all have bouts with weakness. I get that. But don't get so comfortable in your weakness that you just start thinking weekly, and I don't mean seven days. I mean the absence of strength. It's time for us to start thinking exploits. We got to quit thinking, just get by. I know the days are tough. I get that. The challenges are many. The distractions are intense. But is there anyone desiring exploits or is casual just okay? Let's talk about it a minute. I'm not going to be here long. I've I've got a very simple message. Is anybody thinking exploits or are you convinced casual is okay? Casual and comfortable or exploits? We look in the Word of God, and we see all these people that did all of these wonderful things, and every one of them had something in common. They all move past casual. They all move past comfortable. They all push the lines. And if we're going to do exploits, then I promise you it's time to wage war on casual. It's time to wage war on comfortable. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying it's time like, like that. It's like that mama eagle has that nest so comfortable. But then there comes a day when that mama knows if, if that eagle's going to learn to take its place in the circle of life or whatever you want to call it, she has to come back and start pulling out some feathers because it's way too comfortable in that nest. And there are things, just like Pastor was preaching this morning, he was talking about about the beginning is one thing, the end is the other, but where we really struggle is in the middle. And he was talking about people can praise God at the beginning, and people can praise at the end. We need to get that message, and whenever we feel like some of the the, the comfort is being gone, don't be trying to block the mama to keep those feathers in there. Let the, the prickliness in our spirit and those things that are pushing us, let it, let it turn our mind the right way. Whoa, hold on just a second here. Uh, the spirit is nudging me to grow. The, the spirit is nudging me to, to not Take the same path of resistance, not now. There's something that is blowing against me. Well, it used to be that I would let that be my sign. Okay, settle down. No, why don't we start letting that be the sign? Hey, wait, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable. Something's kind of going a little uh, different here. Okay, it's time for me to buck up. It's time for me to stand up. 
It's time for me to throw my shoulders back. It's time for me to just start saying in the name of Jesus until I figure out what's going on. That's right. No, I'm talking to somebody right now. It's not shrinking back. It's not allowing the same amount of pressure to put us back in our place. It's time for us to realize there's pressure coming. I'm not settling back down in my place. The pressure is coming. I'm going to another place. I'm going to another place. Faithfulness is good. Faithfulness to church, faithfulness in life, that's good. Consistency is amazing. But does anybody have a desire to go beyond normal? I mean, mean, at some point, we've got to get sick and tired of normal. There has got to be a time that we quit talking about it and we quit praying for it and, and, we, and we just go ahead and take a step and if we mess up, so what? At least we failed forward instead of backward. At some point, it's like do something different. Do something different. Our personal vision of what God desires to do through us is too small. And the reason is because our personal vision of God is too small. And our personal vision of God is too small because of our limited knowledge of him or our lack of knowing him. Consider in the natural, big vision people challenge small vision people. That's right. You have have to be careful. You have to be really careful because when somebody comes in to our little world and starts talking big vision, it's, it's easy to start pulling back. It's easy to start pulling people down. Okay, now calm down. Now, now, now that's good. That's good, but have, have you thought? Why don't every one of us decide that at least one time this next week that we're going to have a conversation that is going to even surprise us? That's right. Even if you want to start off with, we're going to have a big, con- we're going to have a big vision conversation in this house, and nobody better say anything negative. And start talking some big vision. Well, how? Well, how are we going to do that? God knows. Just try it. Get sick of normal. Get sick of comfortable. Get sick of predictable. Nobody did great things in the Word of God being comfortable, being predictable, being same old, same old. It just didn't happen. I promise you, we are in this building right now. We're headed to a bigger building right now, but there were two young adults that showed up in a smaller building years ago, and guess what they decided? They decided when the tithing got to where they could make a decent living, they refused to be comfortable. They refuse to be driven by, we can just get 125 people. If we can just get 125 people because you don't really want to go over 200. You go over 200 people, you start having all kinds of trouble, and you really can't keep your thumb on it. I am so glad that these people said, we will not be casual. We will not be comfortable. And God knows they can't be sentenced in this phase with casual, comfortable people. 
New Life can't have casual, comfortable people now. Not, not at this time. You think about this in relation to God. It is impossible to have a relationship with God where we are knowing him more and more through his word and prayer and become weaker with smaller vision. There's no way. There is no way you can consistently be in God's word and your vision shrink. There is no way that you can consistently be having a conversation and a relationship with God and your vision shrink. There's absolutely no way. It just doesn't work like that. So what it's time to do, it's time to remove our self-imposed limitations. It's what it's time to do. I taught this for many years, and, and it's good. I'll share it with you right now. I would say things like this. I'm talking about way even back in my youth ministry days. I would teach, you can't sit a skyscraper on a shack foundation. You can't do it. So I would, I would break it down. I would talk about how we have to focus on our personal life's foundation. I would talk to them about investing where you can't see. The strength of this building right now and the strength of that building, you, we can't see it all. It's underground. It's, there's been a lot of digging. There's a lot that's underground. To support this building, there's a lot that had to go underground. And so I would challenge people, invest in the area of your life that people don't see. Because what we really are, we are in the dark. And our private self is our real self. And so we would, we would talk about this, and I would teach it, break it down. And I still believe this to this day. I believe this. But a few years ago, we were in quite a discussion about some life decisions. And Melanie added a different dimension to this for me. We were in a conversation we were talking about the future, and she said, you know what, Terry? She said, I'm not worried about you building a skyscraper on a shack foundation. I'm worried about you building a shack on a skyscraper foundation. <clears throat> when she said that, it jolted me. I was like, now nah, we got to talk about this. And we did. And she was right. She was exactly right. I'm speaking to people right now in this building that you have quite a foundation. I'm speaking to people right now that you have depth. There's been a lot of digging through the years, and there's been a lot poured into you. You've got quite a foundation. Many of you remind me of what a man said to me many years ago. We were working together in a ministry, and he looked at me one day, and he said, Terry, you don't know what you know. And I said, oh, really? Because that kind of struck me funny. Really? I don't know what I know. That's, that's nice. I said, what do you mean? He said, you don't know what you know. He said, I hear you tell stories about your dad. Stories about Brother Lumpkin and Brother Patrick and other men who, who poured into your life. I didn't have that. He said, so you don't know what you know. I'm not only speaking tonight about those of you and how you've been raised. I'm, I'm speaking of those of you that have just been a part of this church for a while. Terry, Terry uh, Broadstreet stood in this pulpit this morning, and he was talking about Wednesday nights, and he challenged people, hey, if you haven't heard, just, just go and start listening to the teaching on Wednesday nights. And the level of life challenge and training that, that is shared as a part of the basic diet of this church, just, just the basic diet. I'm not up here trying to score points with, with him, but... The man walks to the pulpit all the time. Wednesday night, if you want to go to, to a level of biblical college, you've not been around here for a while, just go back Wednesday night after Wednesday night after Wednesday night and start listening to it. Literally, what has come over this pulpit? It's not a bunch of fluff. 
It's not a bunch of, okay, I'm going to try to make everybody feel good. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. No, we actually have a pastor here that will look at us and say, some of you not going to make it the way that you're operating right now. You're, you're not going to make it. Change this, and then you can make it. There's been a lot. There's been a lot poured out, and there's a strong foundation and I think it's, it's pretty okay for me to drop the plow a little deeper here on Sunday night. The percentage of the people here, it's, it's mostly us. And I believe that it's time to consider what we're doing with what we've been given. I believe that it's, it's time that, that we confront our weakness. I believe it's time that we confront our casualness. I'm your friend. I'm not coming down on you. I'm just telling you, I'm not the only one that was being guilty of putting a shack on a skyscraper foundation. I'm looking at a lot of people in this room. You got skyscraper foundations. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Daniel eleven thirty two again. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. When we consider the entire verse, Daniel eleven thirty two from the top, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flattery. So I say, beware. Wickedness opens the door for corruption by flattery. Don't, don't just be believing all the good stuff people say to you. But there, there is such a thing as the kiss of an enemy. Yes, there is. But when we think exploits, let's not allow our thinking to be hijacked by pride as we desire to be a big deal who is known by many. Because exploits are not about us pursuing a local church platform or being a big deal in here. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And the key to strength and exploits is obvious, knowing God. It's about a passion to know God. It's about knowing Him and not them. Him is King Jesus, them is any other human, because there are great men that were around, and there's great women that, that we're around, but humans can only inspire, but God empowers. And there are many people that are just happy as long as they're inspired. It's about knowing God to a level that we hear His voice. It's about knowing God and Him choosing our platform. It's about knowing God and understanding that, that the platform is influence wherever we have it, in the blue-collar world or the white-collar world or the trade world or the medical world or the educational world or the business world. It's any other field that I've missed. It's about that. And so my question tonight is simple. Is anybody hungry to go beyond the normal? Anybody hungry? Is, is anybody hungry to live another life that's just not Sunday, Wednesday? Sunday, Wednesday. Sunday, Wednesday. Glad for faithfulness. Glad for faithfulness in attendance. Faithfulness in giving. Faithfulness in being part of the ministry. Faith, faithfulness. Yes, yes. But is anybody getting just a little sick of it? I mean, love, you know, love God, love you, love to come, love it, love the worship. But is, is there anything that's turning deep inside like, come on, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be. There's, I read this, and then I experience this. you got to be kidding me. The difference between what I'm reading and what I'm experiencing Something is, is not adding up. Is anyone sick of the unfulfilling struggle for casual, safe, predictable, and comfortable? Casual, safe, 
predictable, and comfortable are the roadways to excess and ease, which is the destination of fools. I'm going to say it again. Casual, safe, predictable, and comfortable are the roadways to excess and ease, which is the destination of fools. And so it's time to shake ourselves. It's time to wake up. It's time to get a God vision. If if our vision can be accomplished by us without God, then it's not a God vision. Whatever you're thinking right now, what, whatever you see in your life right now, whatever your plans are right now, if it's something that you can do by yourself, if it's something that you've got in the bag, if it's something that you've got all figured out, you've got a personal vision, you don't have a God vision. And the challenge tonight is, can somebody get a God vision? Can, can somebody shake themselves a little bit and say, okay, I, it's official. I'm sick of this. There's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. That doesn't mean you don't love the church, love the people, love God, love all that. We've got all that covered. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, is there something that gets to moving inside of you that every now and then you get a glimpse? Just, it's a glimpse. It's, it's, it's a flash. It's, it's something that, that moves. And, and, but, well, okay, that felt good. No, no, we've got to be people that go around uh, sniffing for the Spirit. Where, wherever we go, it's like, what? Okay, am I just going to the store? Or do I think I'm just going to the store because I, I need to be open here? I really, I need to be open. Okay, that person's name, they, it just popped into my mind. Um, you, we probably need to do more than pray. We need to pray and text. We, we've got to get to where we start intentionally trying some doors. Well, that one's locked. Okay, well then go to another one. Because it's time to move into a dimension of knowing God that moves into exploits. That's what it's time for. That's exactly what it's time for. Now this morning, at the end of my uh, of pastor's message, I was listening to him, thinking about tonight, and God spoke to me about three men in this church, and um, I believe that God is calling them to exploits, and I'm going to ask them to come to the front and stand, and then we're going to have uh, an opportunity for anyone else to respond that is feeling that, that I, I definitely feel in the Spirit that this message is going to Brother uh, Jeff Coachfar. So if you would come, please, and stand. I believe that the message is going to Brother Mike Reitzel. I definitely believe that. If you would come, and then I believe that this message is uh, directly for Mike Hedges. So if Mike, if, if you three men would just come and, and stand stand right here facing the, the pulpit, please. So I know, I know it's for the three of you, because God spoke that to me clear this morning. I'm not going to have everybody to stand up right now. We will in just a moment. Is there anybody here, man or woman, that at some point in this message, I, I don't mean that you, I, I don't mean that you just felt the anointing, okay? I hope everybody felt the Spirit of God as the Word went. But is, but is there anybody in here that's like, you have decided, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm done with casual. Come, come and just stand right by Mike. Right here. I'm, I'm just done with casual. 
Casey, come on. I'm, I'm, this is not bad. This, this is a powerful church. The Spirit of God is here. There are amazing things happening. We're, we're, I mean, God's anointing is on our leader. Like, it's obvious. We could literally, really, here's what new life could do. And if we're not careful, we will. Ah, this is nice. That is not what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying exploits, people. Exploits. Not, not about us being a big deal. It's, it's about us responding to a need. David, David didn't, you know, just, just show up like, hey, man, I'll tell you what. If I, if I can go kill that guy, they'll be talking about me for, for thousands. Of, no. No, I had no, no, I had no idea what following the the voice of God, Gideon was in hiding. It it wasn't about them figuring out if I do this, then I'll be, then if I do this, then I'll get. Then if I do this, no, it wasn't about that. It was about people that love God, that look to God, that that went about their life with their antenna toward God. And they worked every day on knowing God. And then they just did what God said. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just close our eyes right now and lift our hands to heaven and talk to God about how sick we are of casual and comfortable. All over the building, from the front to the back. Even those of you in the chair, if you want to stretch your hands toward some of these people. Pray whatever you feel the Spirit leading you to pray. There's a spirit of prayer that is moving in right here, and we need to give way to that, okay? It would be a good step right now to practice moving out of casual and out of comfortable by how we pray right now. Somebody needs to go ahead and let the volcano erupt inside of you right now in prayer. said church pray open your mouth and pray open your mouth and pray not trying to make anybody uncomfortable, but we we need to push on here. We need to push on. You need to close your eyes and forget anybody around you and talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Your way, not mine, God. Your way, not mine, God. By the power of your Spirit, oh God. Exploits.
exploit God your way. Whatever the enemy's speaking to you right now that's holding you back, you need you need to take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Whatever the enemy is speaking to you to hold you back, this you won't do this under your own power. And so strike the ground right now. In the name of Jesus, I will overcome the weight. In the name of Jesus, I will overcome the weight and the sin which does so easily beset me. Keep keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing right now. Ignore people around you. Keep pushing right now. Go somewhere you haven't gone in a long time.